Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paranormal Roundtable, PRT for short. Uh, a lot of people just call it PRT, and we call our listeners paratroopers. Um, and th- I'm that. My name is Josh Turner. I'm your host. With me tonight is Anthony. You want to say hello, Anthony? Good evening, everyone. How y'all doing? He'll be here for a little while, at least, until he falls asleep, and then he'll... Uh, Which won't be long. <laughs> well, we know. We, we, we know. The, the audience is used to your slackery. Uh, so what we have tonight, we have a guest. Um, before we introduce him, let's get to the prelims here. We have uh, a show that we do every Tuesday. It's a live stream, and today is March 1st. And we did the show earlier, and we had uh, on, on that show Bettina Moss, who told her Dogman Encounter. And I announced on the show that I was going to be recording with this individual. Uh, his name is Jay. Well, I call him Jay. Tucker's name is James, but he goes by Vault of Nightmares on YouTube. He's got a channel, pretty cool channel. And we're going to talk about some of his stuff tonight. And before we do that, I wanted to give you the email address, which is Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. Send me your stories. And uh, reach out to me, and we can collab. We can collaborate. We can get together. We can get you on the show, or I can I can tell your stories, which is what a lot of people do. Give me their stories, and I retell them. Um, it's up to you how you want to do it, and if you're willing to talk and you're able to talk, you can come on and do it. Uh, I'm easy to talk to, easy to deal with. And message hit, hit me up on Messenger. Join our Facebook group on Messenger. I said it correctly, Anthony. Yeah, finally. <sighs> Facebook group. Yeah, it's a group, not not a group page. Okay. A group Par- and a page are two different things. Yes, all right. Yes, child. Paranormal Roundtable group. There you go. Okay. Padawan. Okay. No, you're the Padawan. I'm, no, I'm, no, the, in, in the, I'm the Sith Lord. In the cyber world, you're the Padawan. No. Yes, very Always. Much so. In all things, I am the Sith Lord. Okay, well, well the, the Sith Lord can figure out how to send his own email with attachments. Wolf King. Call me that. Wolf King. Anyways, I choose the name. That's it. That's my name. And uh, you are Dufeldorf. That's your name. That's your. That's who I've, I, I pronounced you von Dufeldorf. So, anyways, uh, no take backs. We have a group, Paranormal Roundtable group, and then we have Paranormal Roundtable prayer group. We have Paranormal Encounters. We have Paranormal Lounge. Now, Encounters belongs to Mushu. That's that's my my godson. And then we have uh, Nelly's group, Paranormal Lounge. Each group has its own vibe. Okay, it's just its own, you know. And then we have Paranormal. Uh, truckers podcast which is john king and i'm an admin there then ryan trimbley which he he has his own show and his is whisper to a scream his group i'm an admin on there and then we have uh, dogman wealth discussion which is della carter and phil stern and then phil stern and chris clough created a fan page for me so there's uh josh wolf turner i think is that what it is what is it I think it's like Josh Wolf Turner official fan page. Or yeah, something PRT like that. fan page. They they do all kinds of memes and stuff on there. Um, I didn't create it; they created it. And so, uh, anyway, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm an admin co- quad coalition of sciences with Nick Valente. I work with a lot of different people, uh, and one of them is on tonight. He's a friend of mine, and uh, so what we're gonna do? We're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some things. Um, and we're going to get into a whole bunch of different, uh, things. Actually, he's got a lot going on. He's like me. He's got a lot of irons in the fire and we've talked and he's been on my, um, live stream on Tuesdays live stream, but he's never recorded with me for the Friday podcast. And this does go on like 12 different platforms. So the Tuesday live stream, if you're, if you, if you don't show up for the Tuesday live stream, folks, it's on YouTube. It's a YouTube exclusive. We go two to three hours and we start what? Seven 30. Between seven 30 and eight 30. Yeah. 
And so if you, if you go and you listen to the Tuesday live stream, if you, if you don't listen to it, you're missing out because you're getting a lot of bonus content there, a lot. And we try to keep the commercials and everything to a minimum. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, Vault, you there? Uh, yes, sir. How y'all doing? Thank you for letting me be here tonight. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Now, Jay, Jay, we're friends and we, we talk pretty regularly and, and, uh, yeah. you know, we, we've been talking we've been, this has been a long time coming for us to do this collaboration. I'm excited to, to all the things that you are into and that you've done. And, uh, I'm going to let you, uh, uh, kick it off here. Talk about what's coming up, uh, tomorrow night on Saturday. Saturday night will be my first since I took over. It used to be called Dogman Cams. It's called uh, Nightmare Nation TV now. I have six cameras live in my backyard. And for the people that don't know, I when I bought this house, I bought it because there is Squatch. I believe it is Squatch. They look a little differently than what I'm used to dealing with, but they don't look like any dog man I've described, I heard described, and they don't exactly look like a Bigfoot either. They got a little bit different face, and they're really big for this area, like really big. Uh, I'm going to be doing call blasting Saturday night. That's why I invited you for the special guest for the first show on Nightmare Nation TV because we're going to be broadcasting this live. These are live cameras that you can go and join uh, the Nightmare Nation TV uh, and watch it 24 hours a day. It runs nonstop. Uh, you can record if you want to. I record all the time through my DVR. Uh, but that night, we're going to be broadcasting it live on my channel, The Vault of Nightmares. Uh, this will be the first show, and we're going to be doing call blasting the first night. We're going to be playing, I think I'm pronouncing this right, Surefire Horn. Mm, the show horn, yes. Yeah, Sherhorn. I've got two different versions of that. We've got Silverback Gorilla. Uh, I've recorded a Squatch call that I believe that is a Squatch call. Uh, I've got some of the Sierra sounds and a couple of others that my listeners have sent me in. And we've got an hours long of those to blast. Uh, and they got, they'll, it does it automatically. It'll, it'll sound off for so long, pause. And then sound off again in like five to ten minutes, and it keeps doing that. Wow, um, that's going to be interesting. And and have you done this before? No, sir. This is the first time I've ever call blasted because mm. most of the time that I've been doing investigations for probably thirty years, and most of the time what I was doing was private investigations where I'd went out if someone called me for a problem they were having around their home or property or whatever, I would go help them best I could to either figure out it was a squatch, wasn't a squatch. <clears throat> and then I've been doing my own investigation, trying to figure out what the heck these things are and why they do some of the things they do. And every time that I think I've got something figured out, they do something differently and that goes out the window. But, uh, I've never call blasted. I've had to go deal after people have call blasted of certain sounds that either got the activity ramped up so much people were leaving their homes or other bad things have happened. And I'll leave it to the listener's imagination to what I mean by bad things. Very bad things have happened. That's the reason why I've never done it. And because of that, I've actually took extra steps and precautions to make safe areas around my house 
down the road from my house. My na- my nearest neighbor is almost two miles away because I live in the woods. Yeah, and and where, where tell the audience where about you don't have to tell them exactly, uh, but where about do you live? I'm in Mississippi. I'm in Central Mississippi. Central Mississippi, and that yeah. is a hotbed for Bigfoot and Dogman activity. Yes, sir. I can tell you that uh, right now. I I covered a case down there in that area. So, well. Because of what I've known that has happened, and like I said, I'm trying to do this as safely as possible. I'm armed, which I'm armed 99% of the time. Uh, I've got my two boys have grew up around me, and they've had training. Uh, They're both will be armed. One of them will probably be on camera. The other one probably won't because he's going to be sitting back up in a hide with a high-powered rifle just to watch our, our six just in case something stupid happens. And then... Uh, I belong, I'm a auxiliary deputy here in the county that I'm in. Uh, I will have a deputy station about a mile down the road in one direction and a mile down the road in the other direction. Uh, my sheriff knows what's going on and I've alerted dispatch for that night. That way, in case somebody does hear something or something happens and some crazy calls come in. Like I said, I've tried every, to cover every scenario possible to do this. Yeah, and and the one thing I do know is you are pretty thorough, Vault. And let me ask you a question: <laughs> Are you are you and and I mean honestly, are you a little bit nervous about this? Yes, sir. Because I don't know what's going to happen. All I've got to go by is what I've seen happen in the past with people. And like I said, that's the reason why. Like I said, I have. Tr- uh, I'm not going to say on air what I have. I have a system set up around my house. If they get past us, they're not going to have a good day. We're going to definitely know what one of these things are because they're going to be laying on the ground. <laughs> and I carry a, a, for what, like my sidearms, a 40 caliber Glock. Uh, I carry right now, I'm carrying a AA 12 with a drum. With, I, I carry two drum mags. Do you, do you think that, that that these things are so aggressive and do you, I mean the violent that it, that that is uh, something well, that's warranted? They haven't been here. They've tried to push their boundaries here, but I don't know because we don't know what these sounds actually mean. That I'm going, especially the one I, one of them I know for definitely is a squat sound because me and my son recorded it, and it was just ungodly loud. And I got a f- little bit of flack. When I played it for some people online, they're like, oh, it sounds like this, that, and the other. Well, I don't care what it sounds like. I know where it was recorded. I recorded it with my cell phone. And that's the other thing. If, if the, if for these creatures to be, to be real, you are going to expect to hear common sounds no matter where you go. That's the other thing I couldn't get them to understand. But some of these sounds, we don't know what, like the Sierra sounds, we don't know what these mean or what. They what kind of I've heard people that said that they played the Sherhorn that said as soon as they played that these things just all of a sudden went ballistic. So that and we've had some paranormal activity on this property that after we I didn't realize was going on until we put these cameras up. We've caught the what we call the blue whistle willow wisp orbs. They've been caught like six times on these cameras back here where this thing will come straight up out of the ground and it's put, emitting a light source of its own because it's casting light and causing shadows. And then it'll move around intelligently and then it just goes right back into the ground. This is live on camera. Uh, so when we start playing these sounds, 
how do I know some kind of demonic spirit or something else is not going to show up? I know firearms don't work a lot of uh, uh, against stuff like that most of the time, but like I carry what they call juju bags and stuff on me because I've got Native American running through me. Um, that's supposed to help protect me from stuff, but you know when you invite stuff in, you kind of leave yourself open. And so the, the, this uh, this shearhorn, uh, what do you know about it? What can you tell me about it? That's the whole thing. I don't know a whole lot. What I've researched and learned is this is supposed to call forth uh, the end times. So, like I said, one this I've got two different versions of it that's going to play. So, when I play this, how do I know that what's coming is, unless I see it, I've seen these squatches out here multiple times. But if I can't see it, how am I supposed to know that that is a squatch and not something demonic or something else that has come up because that was played? Because this is going out over a hundred watt speaker system that plays any, it'll, it'll, it'll play from negative, uh, 20 dB all the way up to, uh, I think it's 80 dB. So we're going through the, the range of, uh, of vocalization because I've heard that squatches will really answer back to low uh, dB noises, and then I've heard that heard that sometimes they'll answer back to you know plus fifty dB, which is past the human hearing. Like I said, this is an experiment, and stuff like this is what I'm going to be doing after this Friday. I mean, this Saturday night, every two weeks there's going to be a show. Uh, we're going to do something. The reason why I say two weeks is gives me a week to figure out what we're going to do in a week to plan ahead because I'm a big thing about planning. I usually, I plan for the worst and hope for the best. Well, that's kind of how you got to be. You got to be ready. Better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Yes, sir. That, that's the old motto of ours. And for the ones that don't know, I'm XPMC. I worked for Blackwater International before through, I think, three or four different name changes. I worked for them for almost 21 years. I've been around the the world in different countries, uh, Bosnia, uh, Syria, uh, Afghanistan, uh, several other places that I can't name. And then I've worked security for like places like Area 51. Uh, I worked security for, uh, Skinwalker Ranch when Bigelow first bought it. Uh, that was an odd one. Uh, like I said, I, I've, you name it, and I probably have guarded it from a outhouse to a diplomats and dignitaries. So, and, and just to clarify, the, the, the show horn, saying show horn is actually a, a abbreviated way of saying shofar horn. Yes, sir. I, I butcher that name every time I try to say <laughs> it. <laughs> well, I always call it the show horn because it's shofar horn. So I just yes, always said and that. I said, what do you know about it? Because you make and teach me something. Like I said, what I've found out and learned is it's supposed to call forth the end of time. There's a lot of different uh, legends that go around that. And, and one of them, I mean, well, okay, we'll start from the beginning. It's actually a... a a musical instrument, the Hebrew, it's, it's based in Hebrew, the Hebrew legend of the shofar. And it, it it's just, it's just what it is. It's just a, it doesn't have any, um, um, 
it lacks like any kind of control. Like you just blow it and it doesn't, you can't really do music with it. I mean, it's kind of like a, from what I know. And um, yeah, depending on how it's blowed is the sounds it makes. That's the reason why I went and found two different versions. There's one that's really deep and vibrating. And then there's one that's kind of like loud trumpet, trumpety. Uh, but both of them are supposed to be from the same person. It's just the way he was blowing it. Yeah. And as far as I know, um, I think it's made of like a goat horn or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I I know that that they it was used the the rabbis would use it for like to announce the new moon and uh, I haven't really heard of anything I know that they used it to start war. Um, the first I ever heard of it being used uh, to, um, I know that it was I think it's used for Shabbat too, like for for their uh, the their. You know, di- different different uh, religious uh, holidays and different. Yeah, it's used for their uh, um, for their Sabbath type. You know, and and it's just it, it it was that's what it was used for, and it's still used to this day, I believe. Um, but it, I I don't I don't know of it being uh, used to call forth uh, evil or cryptids or anything like that. But I mean, there there are varying opinions on that. Um, I, th- I think that, you know, in seeing what Elijah Henderson had sent me when I had talked to him or messaged him, um, he had told me that Kumbo, I don't know if you know who that is. Oh, uh, yes, I know who, who they are. Kumbo, yeah, he had, he had said that it was a specific way that to, to, to blow it, to, that, to make it work. And uh, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that, that the show horn or shofar horn is basically that's what that does. And I don't, I don't know the whole ramifications or what, what could happen if you use it or if you use it correctly. I'm pretty sure that Barton Nunley and uh, Elijah Henderson and his dad, John Henderson, had used it. And I don't know how much uh, they got out of that. I don't even know if they had any, any returns on that or what. Um, at some point, I would like to get uh, in touch with uh, them and, and just to ask those questions and know that I've messaged them uh, about about that horn and about what you know, but as far as I know, I, I I don't know what they encountered. I know that they use it in the LBL, the land between the lips. Yeah, I think like that's where I that's where I looked up and found that it had been used, but I couldn't find out. There's contraflicting uh, stuff out there. This one group said it did work. This one group said it didn't work. I don't know. That's the reason why I'm going to do it myself. And like I said, it's going to be live on air. I have no idea. Of any, like I said, I've even got some silverback gorilla call, uh, uh, sounds and calls. And you think that that'll bring them forth? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I, th- th- we're go- I'm going to try different things to see what actually, what they will respond to and what they won't respond to. It could be a total bust. Then again, the first sound i think that's on there is the gorilla where it's a male gorilla challenging another male gorilla it could blow up right then and everything go haywire i have no idea but it's going to be live on air but i'm trying to do this as scientifically as i can and trying this is and doing it live that way people want to know what's going on where you get to see it live and it's kind of hard to spoof or or mislead someone when something's live yeah especially when something we've had uh, on a live show where 
I got to get the video so I can send it to you. Uh, Sean from Chasing the Truth, uh, he was running the show that night, so he recorded it. There's a tree out there, probably about nine or ten inches around, and it's probably twenty foot tall. I shot, started shooting off some fireworks during Christmas, and this thing started shaking that one tree to where it was like almost going over, touching the ground, to the point where they rocked it, and the roots, died, the tree actually died over couple of months later because it had ripped basically you know ripped the roots loose from the ground uh and then he also caught a, a figure coming out between two trees and when we went back and put me in place of it uh and i already done told him i said that thing is huge and i went back out there on camera and showed them and they're like it, it can't be that big i said you see that limb i purposely cut all these limbs off it, it, it's uh, almost 15 foot up in the air, and its head was just like a foot below that. So it was almost 14 foot tall, whatever this was. But you can clearly see it comes out, goes over the tree, covers up the tree, and then it, it, I guess when it realized that camera was there, it just pulls and goes right back in. You can watch its eye blink. It's probably 15 seconds long, but you can watch its eye blink and watch it move. Yeah, no, I, 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 I know that near Vancouver, Washington, um, just east of, I think it was just east of Vancouver, Washington, I had a guy tell me that he had played, um, he had Sasquatch activity going on, and he had tried different, like, monkeys fighting, he had tried doing everything, and not, nothing with, like, the show horn thing, but he had tried everything else. And he had tried, like, just getting gorilla, you know, whatever, and so he thought it was a bust, um, and he did this. This was about ten years ago, and then he said that the next day, though, that he had Bigfoot, like, like there looked like like they had tore down, like he had this like uh, trellis or something, but and like it was you know they had tore it down, and there was like all this destruction of his of his uh, private fence was tore down. That's that. That's happened here after a show. Yeah. As a matter of fact, it happened like the day after the first show we ever did, where I went down there and built a bonfire. This was uh, Halloween night, uh, our Halloween special. I went down there and built a bonfire. I was telling uh, different stories that I've collected over the years that I, that I've investigated and stuff like that. And the very next night, Dark Waters was doing a show, and he was playing the cameras. And I was on, I wasn't even on the show. I was called, I had called in and cause I didn't realize he was live and he brought me on the show and we were talking about it. I said, okay. I said, well, I'm fixing to go in here and cook because my son does, uh, he does video games and he streams those. I said, well, we're going to be on, I'm going to be on with him streaming the show. I said, I'm going to go in here and I was fixing to cook some elk steaks that had just been sent to me. And I, and we have, uh, we have one of those big Viking stoves that has the grill right in the middle of it. Well, I throwed it on. I, like I hung up the phone. Hadn't been off the phone ten minutes. I'm in here and I cut the, uh, I, you know, throw the steaks on there. And my wife walks through and says, "You've got to cut that vena hood on." She said, "The smoke is killing me." And so I reached up and hit the video vena hood on. She's behind me now, washing some potatoes to get ready to fix potato. You know, makes uh, some potatoes to go with this, and probably. Two minutes after I turned that on. Now, DW is still live with the cameras playing live. All of a sudden, one starts screaming out by the house. He catches it live on air, and he's in the middle of me talking like I am now, and he just freaks out. 
he just loses it on air because this thing is screaming. It sounds, have you ever heard the Sierra sounds where they do that? It's doing that. And then all of a sudden it breaks into almost a, a woman being murdered, turns into like an owl hoot and then just shuts up. But it is loud. Like my wife throws the potatoes up in the air and now my head's under the thing where I can, what I hear kind of reminds me of a siren. I pull my head out and I said, was that a siren? And she just turns around and says, nope, nope. Walks right over to her purse, pulls out. She carries a judge, a tourist judge. She walks over, pulls it out, sticks it in her back pocket and goes back to washing potatoes. My wife doesn't like it here because of all the stuff. She just it messes with her. But I, I could see why. I mean, uh, well, most people don't realize those cameras, if you measured from the corner of the house, which is my bedroom, to the first camera, it's only about 50 feet, 60 feet. Uh, they've come when we first got here, they would come up because nobody had lived here for about two years. The man that had this place got put in the nursing home. Uh, in another state because he couldn't stay here by himself anymore. And the house, it was in disarray. And I bought the house really cheap and it came with 18 acres of land, like really cheap. And I had to go in and redo the whole inside of the house. And it took me, me and my boys about two and a half, three months to do that. And we moved in. Well, the very first night we were here, as soon as it got dark, all heck broke loose back here. I'm talking about screaming, hollering. They were throwing stuff at the house. And wait, I was wait, like, wait. Well, the, who, who are they? The, the squatches. There's more uh, than one. The, the resident, the locals. <laughs> the, <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. The, the, the locals that like I said, no one had lived here for two, over two years. And how long have you been there now though? I've been here a little over a year. Wow. And before that, uh, where'd you stay? Uh, I, uh, I had a, uh, I had another house in town and someone offered me more money than I wanted for the house. So I sold it. <laughs> and then I had a apartment complex on the other end of town. And right before all oh, the government, weird, the government cooties is what I call it started up. I was lucky and sold it. Uh, and like I said, I bought this place and I bought another place in Arkansas. I actually have a place out in Texas still that I lived out there. I've had that house for probably 19 years. Where's that at? Uh, so Fort, right across the road from TCU College in Fort Worth. Oh, wow. Uh, big brick. If you go by there, you'll see a big brick house with the, uh, 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 white columns and it's usually got i know it sounds ridiculous i'm across the road from tcu i went to i went to college at Ole miss university so i've got a Ole miss flags flying out there but right in front of like i said you can look and see the library at tcu from my from my bal my uh balcony and so you, and you're renting that house out uh i've got a friend that stays there that still works on the border and it for him to keep up, keep stuff like that, it's just cheaper and it keeps people from tearing up my house. Uh, like I said, it, it's just cheaper that way. And for what I gave for the house, I would never get it in this market right now. And yeah. uh, Well, I don't know. I Houses are going for a, <laughs> a serious premium right now, dude. I gave, I gave 200 and 200 and a little over 250,000 for that house when I bought it. And the last time it appraised, it appraised for almost 500. Jeez, yeah, houses are 
Cra- um, it's crazy. And, and out you, there they are. You would yeah. laugh. Like I bought this house, which is a three bedroom house and eighteen acres of land. I gave less than twenty two thousand for it. For the wow, for the whole thing. Yes, sir. Well, maybe I may, I need to go out there and, and live amongst the squatches. And it's so much well, cheaper, it might even be a better deal. Well, the house in the house in town that I sold it was a it was a five bedroom house that was uh, probably a hundred yards from the local high school. I gave forty four and I sold it for ninety two. Jeez. So let me ask you this: <clears throat> these squat these animals. Now you you mentioned earlier. That these squatches that are on your property, okay, uh-huh. um, and it's re- it's really just a, an issue of them being there, being squatters, and not paying rent, right? That's really what the problem is. Yes, sir. And <laughs> well, and they have a large roaming area. Like uh, they show back up here. We it rained here for almost a week. Uh-huh. Now, I, I've had reports of these same looking squatches. Uh, probably 20 miles from me. So I don't know. I, I didn't think their roaming area was that big, but apparently it is. Oh, like, yeah. So what, what do you think? Now, let me ask you a question. This is the intriguing question. I mean, everybody's probably wanting to know. What do they look like? They're, they can look different. There's no one, just one way they look. Mm-hmm. Uh, after we get off, I'll send you a picture mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that I haven't shared around, but just to a few people. I caught that one back in uh, November, the end of November, beginning of December. Uh, that one kind of looks more like in the face. It doesn't have face. It, its face is not completely covered with hair. It kind of looks more like a giant Neanderthal covered with hair the rest of his body. Then you've got some that looks like what they call the patty. I've seen those. And then way up north in Alaska, those things look like an abomination. They look like a Think of a, a, a grizzly bear, the, the biggest grizzly bear you ever saw, and, and times that by two. They can probably get, I'm estimating, anywhere from those from 900 to 1,500 pounds. Uh, that, before I seen these out here, that was the biggest one I'd ever saw. And, folks, and I don't think. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Jay, Jay's not lying about that with those in Alaska, dude. This isn't something that he's just rattling off. No, I've heard these stories many, many times, and that is the truth. That They get gigantic, and they look evil. I'm not joking. Yeah, they're, 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 they, 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 and they do – I don't think any of them want to have actually anything to do with us, but those up there definitely don't. Yeah, and they're if violent. You, yeah, very violent. There was an incident. I went up there, and the first one I ever got to see, we were up there doing what they call cold weather. We were actually right outside of Yellowknife doing cold weather, which is actually in Canada. And the border's not very far from there back to Alaska. And we were we had been doing cold, uh, cold weather exercises, survival school. And we had come back to the local uh, closest town there to pick up some other supplies and there was a guy that had it came in he came in on a side by side i'm talking right in the middle of town slides up onto the sidewalk and everything else runs into the the uh where the uh sheriff's department is right there or the mount of uh, the constable's office up there uh and, and just going crazy he said i need i need y'all to come out there bring every kind of firearm you got he said they have done tore one of my storage buildings 
He said, and, uh, I, I think they're going to come back and get the other one. He said, uh, th- th- and the guy's trying to get him to slow down and stop talking and, and just calm down. He said, those mf and uh, Big hairy creatures out there have just destroyed my uh my smokehouse. Well, I'm hearing that, and so I'm just kind of sitting back listening because this is my thing. And they finally decide to go out there, and I walked up, introduced myself, showed my credentials to the uh, uh to the uh, constable, and said, "You you mind if y'all want some more backup?" I said, uh, "This sounds kind of like I've heard this before." He's like, well, yeah, he said, because we're shorthanded. He said, y'all come on. So we jump in our vehicle. He jumps in his, and the guy just leaves the side by side. And it's still half up on the, the sidewalk out there. And, and it's just close to downtown, which down out uh, over there, it's not unusual. We get back up there, and what this guy had turned into a smokehouse was, you know, those 20-foot-long con- shipping containers? Uh-huh. He had took one of those and converted it to where it was a smokehouse and he was smoking meat and stuff. Now this guy was actually poaching animals. That's the other thing that made this crazy. Knowing that he was bringing the police back up there and he was committing crimes, but he was scared. Where about in Alaska was this? It is right outside of, uh, it's probably about, 60 miles outside of Anchorage. Uh, like I said, it's a little bitty town that I cannot remember the name, uh, the, the name of, and like it's a dot on the map. Uh, the, uh, most people get there through Bush Plain, which that's the way you get around up there 90% of the time. Anyway, it's just a little community. It's part of, uh, y'all ever heard the, uh, the ice road system they got up there mm-hmm. during the, the heart, like during this time of the year, which is fixing to end. The only way you can drive there is when the, the, all the little lakes and ponds freeze over and go through there. Other than that, you have to fly in. We get up there though, and this is a 20 foot con- a shipping container and it looks like somebody has been playing kickball with it. It is smashed up. It has been flipped over on its side. The doors have been ripped off and you can smell that, you know, there was, had been meat hanging in there. And this thing, literally, it, it, I've never seen, only other time I've seen a shipping container done like this is after a, uh, after Katrina, when Katrina took and threw them up against walls and stuff and just flipped them. It, it looked like this thing had been in the worst wreck ever and it didn't even have wheels on it because it was sitting flat on the ground. This thing had ripped doors off, flipped it over, bent it, big, put big giant dents in it. I, I it's, I don't think it was just one. I think it was more than one, oh, but they yeah. wanted in that. They wanted in that thing because they could smell. And this guy hadn't been there. This was the first, what they call summertime, uh, that he'd been up there and he was supposed to have been gold panning. And like I said, he was actually poaching, uh, caribou and elk up elk, there. Yeah. yeah and it, you've heard of Port Chatham, right? Yes, sir. Oh yeah, yeah. Where, where those people? They were ran out of there by murders. Those Sasquatch were murdering people. Um, do you know where Vallejo is? I think that's. In, I'm trying to look. Let me look at a map here. Uh, I think I've heard of it, but I don't think I've ever I think been it's there. In the southeast of Alaska, um, but I'm going to look it up real quick to so make sure I'm saying that correctly. Um, if if I'm right about that, where it's at. 
But I had a, I had heard some stories out of that area. How how long were you up in Alaska? Uh, we were up there for almost eight months mm. because we went through uh, we went through a Bushman School up there, survival school, and then we went through cold weather uh, survival school, and then we went through cold weather shooting classes up there because shooting a lot. I shoot long range. I've done that most of my life shooting precision rifles and stuff or just any, just about any kind of rifle is not like shooting it down here in the lower it's like like and our winters down here are nothing like they are up there oh, um no, I know. I, I, i've had the bolt on my rifle freeze uh where it, it was like it was welded in place and they teach you how to get that loose how to fix it where it won't do that uh, and then it's different in shooting long range up there. Uh, the, the easiest, your, your ammo for people that don't know or people that do know that shoot long range, you know, the, the, the temperature of your ammo makes a difference in your shot. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that you can keep it consistent is we had, you would have, it would co- it was cold enough to keep your ammo consistently to a consistent temperature. You have to put it under your armpit and hold it there for like, 15, 20 minutes to get the ammo to keep warm. That way, when you shot, it wouldn't change the whole that de- It wouldn't change the whole ballistics in the shot. Uh, like I said, just stuff like that uh, is what we were doing up there. There's a mountain up there that I don't want to say too much on, on your channel because there is a base up there. There's also supposedly the Black Pyramid that's up there that if you pull it up on Google Earth, uh, there's a mountain, the biggest mountain up there. There's a blacked out area on Google Earth. You mean it's blacked out? Yeah, it's, it, it, you can't see it. Just like if you go to look at the border between the U.S. and Mexico for about five miles on each side of the border, Google Earth has it blocked out. It's just smeared. Mm. It's purposely done. Same way with Area 51 and a couple of other places. You ever heard of Mount Rainier? Oh yeah, Mount Rain in, in Washington. Yeah, yeah. There's a place on the. There's a place up through there. If you start looking on Google Earth, you'll see a place like that too. But like I said, just look for the bit largest mountain in Alaska. It, there's only one. And like I said, when you try to Google it, uh, try to look on Google, it, you're not going to be able to zoom in and stuff like you normally would. It's going to be blacked out areas. Yeah, the the place is Valdez. That's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Valdez, and this was like, I think it was to the east, to the northeast. I think it's near, uh, it's near Wrangell, uh, St. Elias National Park. Yeah, I know what park you're talking about. Yeah, it's up in that area. It's like there's Cordova and then there's Valdez. And I thought that, I thought that there was a little bitty place called uh, Vallejo, but I can't remember the name. I can't, I don't think I'm pronouncing that right. But I think it's Valdez, but it's like right there. The person, the person that told me about it, they they were from Valdez, but they were telling me that uh, at least that's the, that that's the the area. It, it's like there, there's like a place like right just north of that, where, where the the forest gets thick, you know. Again, and and that if that I'm area. Not, if I'm not mistaken, after they have a dog run that goes through there, a national dog run. I'm not. I'm not real, real familiar. I just, I just I'll know. I'll find that. out. There's a lady that's on YouTube. She goes by 
I cannot remember her, I cannot remember her her screen name, but she is the only lady. Her and another lady are the only two ladies to ever enter and win the Arditerod. The Arditerod, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 when you, and I was going to ask you this question. Um, when you were up there, did you hear reports? Did you check? Did you ask anybody, or did you? Or yes, sir. Strictly just business. Uh, I, I checked around, and like I said, at that man's place, I went back and we set up and staked that place out because the the smell is what got me. The 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 even though there was hardly any meat or anything in there, it was the smell. If any kind of wildlife that was around there, predator wise, is going to be drawn to that, and that was the odd part we sat there for two we camped out there for two days not a bear cougar nothing like that showed up and then all of a sudden one night my uh spotter starts bumping me and says bought why is that freaking tree moving and i i look and i said where he point gives me a coordinate and i get on my scope and i'm looking and I said, I don't see it. Then all of a sudden, something blocked out my scope. Now, my, what I'm looking at, my scope's turned down on about five power. Uh, and it goes all the way up to 12. I've got it turned down to about five power. And it's not what I'm, the where I'm looking is probably not 100 yards, maybe a little less. This thing blocked. All of a sudden, it just, like somebody put their hand in front of my scope. I'm like, what the heck? And so I turn the scope on down and I'm, I, I back back off and I still can't, I, you can't see with your naked eye because I'm looking through a star, starlit scope. And it's kind of like looking through night vision, but it's not. It's looking through starlight is kind of looking like looking at an old black and white TV, but a little bit clearer. Uh, you can make out shapes, weapons, you know, different things like that. And it takes, hardly any light it doesn't admit a light a light source like infrared or night vision or anything like that like i said it just what it does is it amplifies any light that is out there like a hundred thousand times the star lights will will be enough to light up the inside of the scope like you're looking at day like you're looking at an old black and white tv you know sitting there well i can't see anything because i did it just black it just blotted out I'm like, what the heck's going on? I thought I was having a malfunction with my equipment. Now, he's got a spotting scope that is starlight, but it goes down to like three power and goes all the way up to like 50. Uh, and so he hands me his spotter. And as I'm looking through that, it's not a tree. It is a creature standing there because as it turns, the, you can almost catch, you know how deer's eyes will glow at night? The light from the stars and stuff was picking up a glow in this thing. I'm like, what in the heck am I looking at? So I got a reference point, handed him back his spotter, and I got back on my rifle. And I was able to finally get a better look. And, dude, you talking about ugly? It has a face not even a mama could look. <laughs> uh, it... it, it and the way we judged how wide it was, it got next to some trees. And we picked out reference points of, you know, for the width and then the height. And we kind of stayed back in that hide. And we're, like I said, we're 
100 yards or so when we first seen it and it actually walked back up to where that trailer was is bumping and knocking around inside that trailer it had got probably 175 to 200 yards away from us and we just hunkered down i didn't want to make any noise i didn't want to leave from there and nothing else for two reasons i'm trying to figure out what this thing is that and if we make noise and stuff draw attention to us what if it gives chase I, I I I had a 308 rifle. He had a 556. As big as this thing was, I didn't think a 308. It would take multiple multiple rounds to take this thing down. So I didn't want to engage it in any kind of way, and I didn't want it to engage us. So I figured the best thing to do is hunker down, pretend you're not there. And when I said we went back and measured. And at the time, that was the biggest uh, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever you want to call it. That thing measured almost 13 and a half foot tall from the branch that we were able to uh, judge height. And it was almost five feet wide. Golly. And you saw this? Oh, yes, sir. I saw this through a scope. Yes, yeah, sir. And, and you know, the, the, the Port Chatham, if you look at a map from there to Valdez, is about 230 miles. And then, and that's not that far. I mean, you know, you, it's it's not, but, you know, I believe that these creatures live all over Alaska. I believe they're all over the place up there. Oh, yeah, they are. Well, that, and this thing had almost a seven-foot stride. It's unbelievable. Now, you think of something that's just walking with a seven-foot stride. Now, you get it in motion where it's at a jog. Think of how much ground it can cover. And this is in the south, too. I mean, like, I've heard stories of in the north area that it gets even, they get even bigger and, and more menacing, you know. And that, that and see, the, I always come up with the idea of the reason why they were so much bigger up there. And I think I'm wrong because these ones are my, either that or the ones that are hanging around here on this, my property and the neighboring properties, they've for some reason come down from up north down to here where it's easier pickings or whatever. And I don't know if they do that all the time. These things have been here for over a year, not just staying here, but they're probably, they probably come through here twice a month. Or, or, you know, and stay around and it depends on if I get to aggravate them, they may stay longer. I've never been able to actually run them off, off except for one time. And I, I wind up using flashbangs and I probably fired 60 or 70 rounds just up in the treetops. I made all the noise I could to where I run everything off them around here. That's right after we first moved in because they wouldn't stop throwing stuff at the house. And I was worried about them tearing into the house. And these ones that you got on your property, do you think that these are flesh and blood completely? Oh, yes, sir. They're flesh and blood because they can pick stuff up and throw it. You can, it, when one, uh, we got one out here, we named one out Willie because this thing looks like it got in a fight with Mike Tyson when it was a little baby and lost. Uh, because it only has one eye. The other side of its face is kind of messed up. I don't know what happened to it or whatever. But it only has one eye, and you can tell because it's one eye shined, and that's the biggest one of the group. And so, that, and, and let's switch gears from here. Let me ask you a question: uh-huh. Th- These Bigfoot, okay, these the Sasquatch. Now, you're, you're, they there are reports, and I did one a show uh, on a Whisper to a Screen with Ron Tremblay. We talked about the Genosqua, and I believe that's mm-hmm. the episode where we talked about the Port Chatham or Port Lock, whatever you want to call it. Um, and how they, they were killing people and running people off. Yes, the, these these creatures you have, you said they don't look like normal Bigfoot, but no, th- they 
go, go ahead. It's, it's odd. Like most people think of Patty and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, take Patty, take that Patty thing. Like I said, make it about 13 foot tall, probably about five foot or maybe wider. And then it don't have hair all over its face in the mouth. It doesn't have like a canine, like protruding, you know, muzzle or nothing, but it can, you know how a bear, uh, I forgot the kind of bear it is. It's, I think it's an Indian bear or whatever. It doesn't have really like a, a bear muzzle, mm-hmm. but it's got almost like its jaw protrudes out. It's like that. And then the nose is big and bulbous, like a, um, I can't think of the ethnicity to think of most people like, uh, like a kind of like German or whatever. You know how they get that big bulbous nose? Think of that. But it's probably the the base of the nose is probably four inches wide. Now the nose doesn't turn up; it's just a bulbous like nose. Um, uh, the in the animal world, think of uh, there's a monkey that's in the Himalayas that uh, likes to uh, it, uh, it usually stays around hot springs and stuff like that. It's got this bulbous like weird looking nose. Uh-huh. Think of that, but way bigger. That's what these things look like. It's the most hideous looking montage, whatever you want to call it. I said, I've never seen none that looks like this. Now I've seen some that look like Patty that, that I don't mean to offend nobody, but it kind of looks like they had, you know how a person has Down syndrome. When you see them, you can tell. That's the way kind of these things it, 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 is I related to. It looks like a normal squatch with maybe some Down syndrome in it. And they act totally different. Like they can get teed off at them over a flip of a hat. These out here are more curious. They've not tried to attack. The other thing is there's a dog that came up here that where it came from, I have no idea. I can go put this dog. We saved the dog and has been nursing it back to help because it looked like it's about to starve to death. I can put it in a pen. And there's another dog out there that's in an electrified pen. They will go up under where I've got my foilers and stuff parked. Go in there, open that door up, and let it out. That's weird. They have not tried to hurt the dog. Now, I've heard stories way back when, most of us in the Appalachians, where people would say, you know, they seen a Bigfoot, and there was a dog out there just running around, having itself a fun time, and it followed the thing off. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, the, the animal you're talking about, I think, is a macaque. I think that's what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. But I, I think, think it was found in Japan. Like, I don't. I don't know of it. It may be Japan. I thought it was. I thought it was the Himalayas. Like they hang I, around in the hot springs, and and I don't know yes, that sir. for sure. You can look that up, or you guys at home listening can look it up. I think it's a macaque. I'm not 100. percent Well, if the listeners want to, they can look it up. And I said, think of that. But it, this thing looks like the the end of its nose looks like it's almost half as big as my fist. Yeah, oh, and, and so that's a weird looking creature, and it doesn't have hair on its face. And it's, it's got sparsely. Most of the hair, it looks like it comes, it droops down like a mop over its face. And it's got a deep set back brow ridge and the eyes are about the size of golf balls. And, and, and these they, things are, how tall are they? Uh, they're about the biggest one we've, we've been able to go back and base measurement off of is about 13 and a half foot tall. And, and so, and, you, and you've done a lot of research on not just Bigfoot, but on Dogman too. Yes, and sir. And like, do you, do you have any dogmen on that property in that area? I haven't. I haven't seen any on this property, but I own another property that's probably 20, 25 miles 
and I call it Zwicky Woods. Now that property is where I caught me and my son caught the sound that's going to be played out here. The recording that property is about ninety acres out there, and no one has been on that property as, from what I understand from the gang warden because they didn't know I'd bought it. And I was parked out there. Me and my son had walked in and was walking back. And when I walked back up, there's a gang warden parked behind me. And uh, just so happens, I knew him. Uh, And he says, Tucker, what are you doing? I said, uh, he said, what are you doing over here? I said, I just bought the place. I said, and, you know, we were kind of looking it over. He said, I didn't know you'd bought this. He said, "Uh, so he said the man's name. He said, so what happened to him? I said, you know, he died not too long ago, and his his family didn't want to have nothing to do with it, and they're selling everything off. He said, oh. I said, why? Is there a problem or something? He said, well, the man that had owned the property back, I think it was 10 years plus, had told, had a written order by the for the uh, Mississippi Wild, uh, Parks and Wildlife and the local sheriff's department. If you were seen on his property, you were to be locked up and prosecuted for trespassing. No questions asked. It didn't make a difference if they, they were kin to him. He didn't want nobody on that property. And there was a couple of odd disappearances that within five miles of that and an odd death that happened within five miles. Well, actually, it was within two miles. I'll have to send it to you so you can under what I mean weird. There was a guy that killed his mother, ran out there into those woods, out there close to those woods, had a, uh, a 30 30 rifle. When they found him, they thought he was in between a fork of a tree and they thought at first that he was setting up trying to get a shot on one of those officers. So they backed off and kind of came in from the sides until they realized he's stuck in the fork of the tree and the rifle is sticking through the middle of his chest. And he was, why was he up in the tree? I have no idea, but he was found that way. I know the report says that he committed suicide. But the rifle, I talked to one of the officers that was there. We did this on, we did, we talked about this on a show that I did over in the Vault of Nightmares. And I don't remember, I think it, I'll have to get you that number, the, the number to the show. I don't remember it off the top of my head. But like I said, the officer I talked to said no. There was, yeah, he fired that rifle until it was empty. And, and this, this was, and this was because of a dog man. They don't know if it was Dogman or Bigfoot at first. It's labeled as a. Now, this guy, like I said, was under investigation for killing his mother with a claw hammer. Mm. They went out there to find this guy. Now, he was high on drugs and everything else, but he, they went out there to. Well, this was the last place that he was supposedly at. It's labeled as a un, uh, unknown death slash homicide uh, slash uh, uh, suicide. Somehow this guy was able to fire all the rounds out of his weapon and then jam the rifle through his chest out his back and then put himself in the fork of a tree. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so, and, and is, so do, you, do you think that it was, I you, think it was squatch. You think it was a squatch, yeah. but on this same property, there's a Creek that runs through it. I've only explored a good bit of one side of the creek where I found just odd, just crazy squatch activity. On the other side of the creek is where I found it looks like a canid track, a human canid track. It looks like what I know to be a dogman track. 
And, and you know what, folks? We're, that's we're going to stop that. This is all the time we have for today, tonight. But uh, join us next week, and we're going to pick up where we left off with Jay, and we're going to uh, talk about Dogman and Bigfoot, and we're going to get into all these other things that Jay uh, brings to the table. And that's all the time we have for tonight. Thank you, uh, folks, for listening to PRT. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And to go to Vault's channel, Vault of Nightmares, and like and subscribe for him too. Thank you.